Welcome to the Tech Today podcast powered by CEO Raider. It's your host, John Mayetta. Before I get into today's topic, I read, I guess this was published yesterday, but I read the opinion issued by the Supreme Court of the United States in a case that the Roman Catholic Diocese of Brooklyn, New York brought before it. I guess this has been in process for some weeks with respect to the COVID restrictions enforced by Governor Cuomo. And if you've been following what's going on in, in, in New York between Governor Cuomo and Mayor de Blasio as it relates to COVID restrictions, to me, they're totalitarian restrictions, forcing businesses to close against their will, forcing businesses to operate at very limited capacity. And the court issued an opinion where they referred to those restrictions as unconstitutional. And one of my favorite quotes, let me just pull it up, but one of the, the quotes from Justice Gorsuch, it is time, past time, to make plain that while the pandemic poses many grave challenges, there is no world in which the Constitution tolerates color-coded executive edicts that reopen liquor stores and bike shops, but shutter churches, synagogues, and mosques. And I enjoyed reading the opinion, and I'm thankful that people have made noise about this issue and have forced the Supreme Court to render an opinion. I would like to see the state congresses push back on governors, because every time Congress acquiesces to governors, we the people lose a portion of our collective voice. So this is great news. So I'll link to that in the show notes. And in the piece we published this morning was around uh, Salesforce.com's rumored acquisition of Slack technologies as reported by the Wall Street Journal. And the short story is, I think it's, it's, it's good news for Slack because there's no way they can be successful over the long term when you have Microsoft out there with its, with its Teams offering, which is a more comprehensive offering, obviously links into Microsoft's expansive enterprise software product portfolio. And so I just, I, I don't know how, if you are Slack, Box, Dropbox, any of these horizontal collaboration software companies, it was amazing to me that they got venture funding. It was amazing to me that investors bought this story in the IPO. Because if, if you're a horizontal offering, an undifferentiated horizontal offering, how are you ever going to compete against a company like Microsoft? I could see if you built a collaboration platform specifically for asset managers, let's say, or specifically for the healthcare industry, and perhaps more specific than that, maybe for specifically for, for, for docs or specifically for hospital administrators. Yeah, it's, it's not enough. And in, in I, I, I get it why things evolved as they did in this space. Because the venture guys want you to be able to address a billion-dollar market opportunity. So therefore, they want you to be broad in terms of the your, your product capability. So if you have a, a piece of collaboration software, if that's the product you're going to market with, the venture guys, they want you to be able to sell that offering into multiple industry verticals, right? So their strategy would be, let's get a toehold into uh, multiple industry verticals, and then over time, we'll add vertical uh, slash domain expertise. You know, we'll build in vertical-specific functionality into the product over time. So let's let's get a toehold in healthcare. Let's get a toehold in financial services, within insurance, within the technology industry, manufacturing, oil, energy. And then over time, we'll add features and functionality that are specific to those industries, and we'll tighten our grip on the space. The problem is that always takes longer than, you know, companies initially anticipate and it's, it's expensive to do so. And so, you know, these companies, in the case of Slack, they're barely profitable from a cash flow standpoint, 
right? I think their run rate cash, I had them around 50, 50 million, approximately a 7% operating cash flow margin. And so, yes, they're HIPAA compliant, so therefore they can play in healthcare. Yes, they are uh, uh, FINRA compliant, so they can play at all different levels in the financial services industry. But in terms of having real dedicated workflows specific to an industry or specific to a, a, a subset of an industry or a, a department-specific workflow even. You know, for them to get there, that would be extremely expensive, whether, whether you're Slack, whether you're Dropbox, whether you're Box. Yeah, you know, if you're going to take this broad approach against across multiple industries, it then becomes very expensive to layer in that domain-specific functionality. So while that approach may generate more interest from the venture capital community, while it may engender large valuations through the private company process as you evolve from Series A to B to C to D, and ultimately through an IPO, for longevity, I've always preferred the vertical approach. So I would much prefer, let's stick with the example of collaboration software, I'd much prefer a company to pursue a particular vertical sort of like uh, Atlassian has done with its Jira product and other products uh, within the technology space. Of course, I'm blanking on the name now, but there's a, a company that is focused on providing a messaging service to the financial services community. So uh, an offering that, that competes with, with Bloomberg's messaging capability. Healthcare seems like it's one that would, that's just, despite the number of healthcare IT companies that have come down the, 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 the pike over the past decade or two. I just feel that industry is so far behind in a secure messaging service that was dedicated to a particular sub-vertical within healthcare would be really interesting. You know, really robust offering, robust from a feature functionality standpoint. That That's how you build longevity. And that's how you differentiate versus somebody like Microsoft. And that's how you defend against a company like Microsoft. Because now for them to replicate, let's say, for example, you took that vertical approach and then you, uh, over you know, 10, 15, 20 year period, you've You've been building incremental features and functionality capability into an offering that's dedicated to a particular industry vertical. Now Microsoft has to play catch up. So if they want to compete in that space, you know they, they can do so with a um, with a uh, horizontal offering like Teams. But if they really want to go deep and capture a majority of the potential user base in a given industry, they're going to have to now play catch up with you and all the capabilities that you've built in over that 10 to 20 year period that I described. So now you're in the driver's seat. And so what's going to happen, you know, it it becomes very expensive. As big as Microsoft is, they can't pursue every initiative in the world simultaneously. So they're going to have to pick and choose their spots. And now it becomes very expensive for them to chase you. In the end game, I could already tell you how that would end. You would have your company, the market leader in that healthcare space, as it relates to collaboration software, in the example that I gave. And Microsoft would be a tool that folks in the collabor in the, in the uh, industry may use should they want a sort of a, a generic offering. Maybe they're you know senior executives and they're not using therefore uh, the the your collaboration workflow tool with all its features and functionality because that's something that's used by the operators who are in the field on a day to day basis, right? So you'd have maybe Microsoft Teams that folks in the C suite would use, but then all the employees who are executing on the ground. Maybe they're using the robust service. Maybe, right? So maybe you would have uh, two offerings in use at some companies where your offering has the majority of seats, i.e. users, for a given company. And many companies would just have one offering, and that would be yours because you spent 
uh, a decade plus building features and functionality into that offering. So again, I understand why companies choose the 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 the, the former path because it it engenders a, a greater valuation in the early days. But in terms of the end game, if you want to have longevity in in a horizontal arena within within the technology industry, you know, if you're selling uh, horizontal software products, whether it's CRM software, collaboration software, I think it's best to to pick a vertical and to build out domain expertise. So this, this deal is good for Slack because they were caught between a rock and a hard place going against Microsoft Teams, and now this gives them an exit. Uh, on, on the Salesforce side, I, 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 I don't love it. You know, Salesforce, I, you know, they're competing with Microsoft. They competed against Microsoft for the LinkedIn deal back in 2016. And so Salesforce is... For the past, I don't know, decade or more, they've been expanding beyond CRM, right? I think the first foray may have been the App Exchange. I don't know how many years ago that was now. I'm going to say maybe 2004, 2005, they rolled that out. They've made a number of different acquisitions. Their largest acquisition to date was Tableau last year, 2019, for approximately $16 billion. So that gave them more analytic capability, uh, advanced analytics capability. And so Slack would give Salesforce a competitive offering to to Microsoft Teams. It gives them a, a player in that game. But in my view, it gives them an also-ran. I just don't know how differentiating that's actually going to be. I think a more interesting one, and I give you a number of different M&A alternatives in the article, but Zoom Video, to me, is the most interesting one. Particularly, I, I think Salesforce should have been all over that. Uh, and, and maybe they tried in, in years past. The valuation is rich now, despite Zoom's excellent performance this year. I would assume the growth rate will slow next year as, as you have the, the, the tough comps from 2020. So perhaps you know, at, at the end of the calendar year, in early Q1, we see investors start to take profits on some of these names that have really run from a valuation standpoint. And maybe if you're Salesforce, you could potentially get Zoom video at a cheaper valuation next year. Of course, in any deal, it takes two to tango. So that's just a thought, but that would give you a um, the leading uh, video communications software tool for the enterprise space anyway. Uh, FaceTime is probably still the the, uh, the leading video communication tool uh, if you factor in the global user base amongst consumers. Another one that I like would be uh, Zoom Information, which is the old Zoom out of Boston and then the, the guys up in up in in Oregon uh, that that merged last year. I know a little bit about Zoom information because they look a little bit like CEO Raider in terms of the entity data piece uh, that they purchased a, a, a company led by a friend of mine called Rain King out of Bethesda. I want to say that happened in 2018. So Zoom information looks a little bit like LinkedIn with respect to entity data. It doesn't have LinkedIn's social element, but it has all of the entity data. So that could be a less expensive version of LinkedIn that I think Salesforce could improve from a feature functionality standpoint with its balance sheet and by growing the product development capability as it relates to engineers, architects, designers, onboarding some additional data sets. I think that could be a really interesting one. That company too is a bit rich. And we have a handful of other alternatives. So I, I don't love the Slack deal for Salesforce. I would not pursue that deal as the, as the short story. So I will link to that article in this podcast's show notes as well. That's all for now. See you next time.